Yes, sir. This episode of The Nice Show is brought to you by The Balanced Barbers. My guys reside in Irving, Texas, and when I say these barbers do what they do, this is not an exaggeration. It's not your regular haircut. It's not your homie, you know what I'm saying, who cut from his room. No, 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 no disrespect to them, but this ain't that. This ain't that. This is the balanced barber experience where you go in there, you are literally treated as a celebrity. You go in there, you get your hair cut, get your hair washed, you get hot towel treatment. Literally an entire package on top of your haircut. Ever since I first stepped foot into the barbershop, I literally haven't gone to anybody else. And not only that, the conversation good too. Check out my guys, The Balanced Barbers, on Instagram at Balanced Barbers 1.0. That is 1.0. Shout out my guys, Take and Byron. To more money we go, go check out my guys. This episode is also brought to you by The Pickle Plug. Do you like pickles? And also, do you like Kool-Aid? I don't know who doesn't. And I have the person who makes the best of both worlds. And he ships nationwide. And also, he's the best at it. Don't miss your opportunity to take a deep dive into a new world. I'm telling you, this is something different. I never grew up on Kool-Aid pickles, but I'm, I'm sad nobody introduced me to this. I'm having a conversation with my mom, actually after as soon as I finish recording this ad. But go get yours right now at the pickle plug 16 on instagram and twitter or www.thepickleplug.com please don't miss this opportunity to change your life are you plugged in yo welcome to another episode of the nice show i'm your dramatic host dj trey nice and this is episode 14 i had the honor to interview social media champion <laughs> somebody who is a huge influencer lizzie was able to come through and drop gems on everything it means to be an entrepreneur a social media leader and she also gave insights to the nsars movement but on a personal level like she has family that's going through it right now man you don't want to miss any part of this interview this was great it's a beautiful monday you know, another great episode is coming next Monday. All right. I think that's it, right? Ah, let's get to the interview. Love y'all. DJ Troy Nuts, the ruler, the king, y'all, y'all, y'all. Mr. Dramatic, ooh. I said, ooh. Hallelujah. The king of the loved ones. All the loved ones. All of them. All of them. All of them. Every last woman. How many times are gonna tell y'all? How many times? Talk to him. Yo, check, 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 check. Welcome to another episode of the Nice Show. This is episode 14. 14 weeks of consistency. And I'm not joined today by my co-host Jimmy. He's out doing more important stuff. Is what he that's literally what he told me. Nah, he just couldn't make it this week. But I have the honor. To have this guest in front of me i'm i'm actually surprised she agreed you know to look out for the little people like me and do this uh, uh interview my homie lizzie is in the building how's it going hey 
Lizzie, how are you? I'm, you know, I'm doing great. We're sipping on what? What is this? This is that red Moscato. <laughs> she she specifically asked for red Moscato. Um, not my choice. Anything but, sweet, honestly. <laughs> yeah, it's good though. I'm not gonna lie. I've never mm-hmm. I never had this one before. And it's a funny story about you, right? Okay. Funny story about you. I'm True story. To lie. And no offense. Yeah. No, no offense, by the way. <laughs> so I, when I first came to UNT, right, um, it was a group of women on campus. Um, it was the AKAs on campus, right? Um, and you know, I didn't really like y'all. Um, it was it was Ooh, it was it was just some of y'all. It was some. It was, it, was, it, was, it was a selective few. It was okay. Selective few. Selective few. It's a long story why. Okay. Long story why. But it's it's selective few, right? But Lizzie was one of the first ones who was just so cool. I I think I don't know what even it was. A, it was an on campus. Uh, it was on campus event. And you had just walked up and just said hi to me, whatever, whatever. I was like, wow, like she was the first AKA to ever speak to me just like regularly. Like, and, but then I, I just saw your impact on campus. And we talked a little bit about this before the interview started. Yeah. How like your, your dominance is on social media because like no matter what you post, thousand likes, like no matter, no matter what it is, it Not goes viral. And, and, um, you were always somebody who I definitely wanted to get um, a conversation with, like because we work together. People don't know we work for the same yes, tech company. Yes, we do. But past that, I, I wanted to like truly understand like how you came to be like who you are. So I definitely want to bring you in for an interview. Yay. Um, I'm glad our times finally matched up uh, to, <laughs> to interview. Um, but for people who don't know who you are, um, she is a well, I'll have you. I have you introduce yourself as how okay. you want to be introduced. Okay, cool. Well, hi everyone. It's so nice to meet you guys virtually. But <laughs> um, my name is Lizzie Asandu, and one, I just want to say thank you for having me. This yeah, is such no an problem. honor, mm-hmm. and I'm excited. You guys can't see this, but it's very nicely lit in here. Like it's a vibe. <laughs> I appreciate that. Now, like I appreciate Dramatic that. Studios. Yeah, it is. Is a vibe. Yeah, just just wait, just wait to what the sign. Exactly. Just, just wait, just wait. But um, who I am, how I came to who I am, I am a child of God first. Amen I am Nigerian American second, mm. and um, I think those are the top two things that kind of cultivate who I am. Right. So as far as like my morals, what I stand for. That comes a lot from my upbringing, grew up in a church, mm. and then coming from a Nigerian home, coming from a large family. Um, if you know anything about Nigerians and what's currently going on in Nigeria, yeah. then you can understand like the passion I have behind that. The Both NSARS my parents, movement. yeah, the NSARS movement and everything going on. Like I have family that's currently there going mm. through all of it. But um, my parents had the opportunity due to my dad's job to come here on a professional visa, early nineties, and then brought the rest of the family and then kind of like had the rest of us. So my two older siblings were born there, but everybody was raised here. I was born here in America. Um, If you know anything about Nigerians, you know, we're really driven, ambitious. And then if, if you know that, if you know that, I guess, the Nigerian individual comes from a large family, then you know their social skills. Like, yeah. they can, they know how to talk to just about anybody. <laughs> and that kind of comes <laughs> from, true. like, the way we would have to move and maneuver, like, in the market, like, negotiating stuff. Mm. Now I'm in sales, you know, yeah. win-win. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But um, also, 
just being able to handle different personalities. Right. I am the fifth out of six kids, so I'm towards the end of the well, spectrum. That's a big family. Yeah, huge family. <laughs> um, very family-oriented. I am the last girl, so I grew up kind of being a brat, not going to lie. And then yeah. my little brother came, and he humbled me real quick. Yeah. And I was like, dang, I got to be a big sister. But I'm truly thankful that I had a little brother because – that taught me to kind of cultivate this like big sister presence mm. and personality. Um, I have a lot of like assigned, unassigned mentors and things like that. And just in the idea of being a role model for someone, mm -hmm. that's kind of where it stemmed from, like having a little brother, um, someone to kind of set an example for and then everything from there. Um, I've always been involved in school. Yeah. Since it was like high school, I was very involved, like team captain and I would say like. And what sport? <laughs> hey, I actually did basketball, volleyball, and track. <laughs> but what what took off um, was track. I ended up running track at the University of North Texas, okay. where we went to school together. And um, what'd you run? I ran the four hundred and the two hundred in relays. Got you. Yeah, I, I wasn't that fast <laughs> to, to really run track, but I admire people who do because it's, it's it looks tough. I'm not it gonna lie. Is. I. Now thinking back on it, I don't know why I did it because it, it's so hard. But yeah. I, I'm thankful that I did. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. It's one of those like our sport is everybody else's punishment. So yeah, it's not the type of sport you just like do for fun. But at the time, that was very fun. Right. Right. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. I, I go out. I, I I do a little mile on the treadmill, and I get chin splits. I'm like, you know what? This this ain't for me, man. Yeah. Like, I need to start stretching more, doing yoga or something. Yeah. But okay. I'm, but I'm, yeah, those are, I guess, the things about me that cultivated who I am. And then yeah. we can get into like the deeper of like the present, what I do and all that stuff. Now. Yeah. So like, so your, your family moved here in the 90s. Yeah, early 90s. 90s. And so, so were they like, was it in Dallas that they were here? Or um, what? Moved to Las Colinas. Yeah. Las Colinas. So mm -hmm. ba basically Dallas. Yeah. And you grew up. In Dallas. Yeah, I grew up born and raised in Flower Mound, Texas. Flower Mound. So not yeah. too far from here. Not too far at all. <laughs> so, so okay. When you, how did you end up at UNT? Um, UNT hosted my high school graduation. <laughs> okay. Like UNT was that close to where I saw it so frequent. But also, I was so familiar with it. My older brother went there. And when it came to um summer of junior year that's when college coaches can start recruiting you mm -hmm. and so i was trying to see like do i want to go out of state but yeah. everybody that i know kind of stayed in state what school would i want to go to yeah. unt was the one school i went on two visits to so mm -hmm. i went during their homecoming season i went again during spring semester and i was like yeah, yeah. i'm committing and they gave me a full ride so i was like yeah i'm committing which school in flower mound did you go to which high school flower mound high school oh so you didn't go to marcus nah everybody asked that <laughs> my mom everybody asked my that. mom and all my aunts and uncles went to flower mound marcus the, really they're the martyrs yep wow i would always hear about when i was a kid the battle of the axe whatever the yeah battle, i would always hear about that as a kid yeah. wow uh, rivalries yeah so Oh, that sucks you didn't go to Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people will ask me now, like now when I say, oh, I grew up in Flower Mound, they're like, oh, you know Marcus Smart? And I'm like, mm. yeah, I know him because he was there at the same time, but like he went to the other school. Yeah. So <laughs> when we're in the stands, I'm, you know, on the other team, but like 
in the population, there's very few black people. So you still going to support regardless kind of thing. So, right. My, yeah. My mom told me when they, when they were all in Flower Mound, when mm-hmm. they was in Marcus, they were one of the nine black kids in the entire school. True story. And this was. I believe it. Yeah. This was early 90s, late 80s. Like they were literally the nine black people in the entire school. I believe but they were it. cool. To everybody, though. Yeah. <laughs> they were the only black people. Very friendly um, environment and city. I've mm-hmm. actually never had issues in Plymouth. Yeah. yeah. So, so you you committed to UNT, mm-hmm. and then so what did you study like on top of you know committing? For I was pre med, so I wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon. That was kind of the plan. Oof. Run track, shadow the doctors if you get injured. Happened to get a red shirt junior year. Gave me time to shadow, be in the you know surgery rooms with him. Mm. Then realized. After deep thought, this is not what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So when, that's that's so funny you say that because I was like, you studied pre-med, but you work in sales yeah. with me. Like, no, so, it's crazy. So you had an epiphany that, you know, this may not be like what you wanted, the, the path you wanted to pursue. Yeah. I had a conversation with my head coach and it was like a heart to heart. I was already studying for the MCAT mm. and he was like, hey, like not to put doubt in your mind, but. I feel like you're really talented in other areas. And if you were to fully invest in medicine, you would have to be so honed in and focused that you wouldn't get to really explore the other sides of what your talents and gifts are. So have you considered maybe another route, maybe business? And I was just like, no, like I'm studying for the MCAT. What do you mean? Where's this coming from? Mm -hmm. But after like deep thought, I was the main person in my way. And then I just kind of opened up the door of what else is out there. Right. And then I changed my major summer going to senior year. I Mm. said, peace out to medicine. And I started applying to business like was that like businesses. Was that hard? Like, cause you, yeah, yeah, (laughs) it wasn't wasn't easy at all. Yeah. Because like, cause when I, when I went to school initially, it was for engineering, but after Mm -hmm. my first year, I was like, dude, like, yeah, I, I love technology. I love working with it, but mm-hmm. I love consuming it more instead of like producing it, you know? So, yeah. and just, and that's where I really got into like, I think I talked about our earlier episodes. That's how I really got into, you know, community. I, I said communication and marketing and sales. And that's how I ended up, you know, at the job we work at now. But that was like my freshman year. So you, your junior year, I could imagine like, dude, I've studied three years, you know, for, one thing and now to change it like to change the whole thing the good thing is that um i was able to graduate with a ba in integrative studies which in my parents eyes is like oh that is general studies what that means you didn't have a focus and i'm like okay sure um in the eyes of them general studies but what it allowed for me to do is not have an extra year so Mm. because i was running track and we would have like summer practices I was on track to graduate in 3.5. Okay. But once I changed my major, it put me on track to graduate in four. Mm -hmm. So once I changed my major, it was as if all my senior level classes were business related. So my Mm -hmm. degree was a BA in integrative studies with a focus in business, bio, and biochem. That way I don't lose any credit and I can still kind of make that transition. So Mm -hmm. I would recommend it if somebody has like an epiphany later on, but if you don't have the epiphany, um, just kind of start out with where you want to ultimately go. Right, right. Yeah. And so when you change, you say you start applying to businesses. So yeah. So before before like where we work now, you were applying to 
was it the same type of like focus like you want to get into sales or marketing how did you end up end up in sales basically so i had a really good friend that i had met in high school and we're very similar we did like the same things at the same time of life kind of odd but (laughs) we both ran track in college we both wanted to be doctors and then we both changed our major around the same time Hmm. and she was the one that put me on and was like you should look into like human capital consulting i said what is that and she human was like capital consult- i've never heard of that and i was exactly i said I've, I've never heard of this all i know is medicine so yeah. can you enlighten me and she was like yeah um pretty much you would do like case studies you would be applying to like deloitte accenture i'm like who is that what what is that <laughs> so she's telling me all these like the big four you got mckinsey you got bain and i'm like this is kind of overwhelming because it seems as if those type of companies want someone that has an internship prior Mm, um, and you're going to start as an analyst, then you're going to get promoted after a couple of years into the consulting role. And it was just a lot. So then she also mentioned that, Hey, I have a cousin that works at said company that we're currently at. And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. Like I want to talk to her and her and I actually met here um, about five minutes away from where you are at the mall. Yeah. And (laughs) she put me on and told me what her day to day is and like what the program was she was in. And she was like, yeah, we're actually looking to hire, especially bring in more minorities. Mm. And like, after having conversation with you, I could plug you with my manager. And I was like, okay, cool. Great. Yeah. So then from there I applied and then I was still applying to other companies and stuff like that. That was in the summer that we had the conversation in September, I think is when I applied. Um, September what year at this time? September. Oh, so we're in 2017. 2017, okay. Summer of 2017, we had the conversation. September of 2017 is when I applied. December of 2017 is when I got my interview. Okay. January of 2018, they said no. They were like, hey, we're actually full. Like, thank you for your interest, but, you know, we're full. And we would like to extend you an offer for, like, the next cycle. And I was like, I don't think I can wait the next cycle. Because mind you, I have Nigerian parents. And (laughs) if I told them that I changed my major, they want to see results. They're like, okay, you changed your major. What are you going to do now? Mm. So I needed, I knew I needed to solidify something before graduation. Right. So then I go on my spring break trip to Miami and it was cool and it was fun. As soon as I came back, I remember vividly, I get a call from the recruiter. And she was like, hey, are are you still interested? Like we have an opening and da, da, da. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. And so I was still interviewing with other jobs. I was actually like this close to accepting another one. Yeah. Glad I didn't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and yeah, now I'm here. So I got my offer 2018 of April, graduated May. My start date was October of 2018. So now I'm at my two years. Man, that's so dope. And yeah. you are moving up. You're moving yeah. up. And, and that's so cool, man. It's fun. Because Thank you. I also see like what you do, like, on your own social media people for people who don't know you also do interviews yourself which you kind of touched on uh at the beginning and i do want to know like what made you start you know interviewing people because like i feel like it's inter because people some people can hold conversations Mm -hmm. but interviewing people is completely different because you have to be able to actually listen to what somebody's saying you you actually have to build conversation based on that exactly so what led you to actually like want to start interviewing people and you know hearing their takes on different things have you always had that in you yes and no so what led me to 
starting the interviews this year, 2020, God. Mm. When did that moment happen? Early August. So my birthday is July 30th. And I'm July 2nd. Yeah, I'm July 2nd. Okay, I'm best cancer, month. Does, 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 cancer uh, still, does cancer still like cover like the whole July? Like, no, I'm a Leo. Okay, yeah, next. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nah, uh, she, she, uh, y'all can't see, but uh, my boy Bryson here, and they just look, they see each other just look. But no, okay, I feel like cancers are the best. Flame. I, I feel like cancers are the best, but I mean, I've heard so many cancers say that. What? <laughs> <laughs> is, is that a bad thing? Is that because people people be honest about some y'all so emotional? Da da da. But I feel like we're just in tune with our feelings. What's wrong? And with I that? think that's actually a very beautiful thing. I think because. The cusp is twenty, the twenty sixth of July. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of on that cusp, so okay. I will say something people may not really know about me. I'm very emotional. I'm very you sensitive. Are? Yeah, yeah. I, I am. would have never known that. I know. I hide it, but yeah. <laughs> um, it's not that I hide it because like it's bad to be sensitive. Mm. It's just I don't display that side unless I'm very vulnerable with the individual. Yeah. Um, but. Your initial question, how did I come about thinking of it? So with this being my 24th year around the world and whatnot, the sun, I was like, oh my gosh, it's my Kobe year. Yeah. Anyone who's not in tune with what's going on in current, you know, things is aware that Kobe Bryant had passed away earlier this year. That kind of just kicked off 2020 for everyone. Mm -hmm. And so I told myself, like, I want my 24th birthday to mean something like I want to be very intentional with everything that I do like the people in my life um the way in which I utilize my platform all of that like mm. who I truly am the narrative I describe for myself to be like I want to truly live and die by that if that yeah. makes sense so it was a random night I think I woke up at like 5 a.m and the idea came to mind and I was like I'm gonna start having IG lives on my Instagram and I'm going to post the rebroadcast and I'm going to make a list of the people I want to interview and have conversations with. And I'm going to reach out to them right now. And so I crafted (laughs) up a message and I literally hit them up at like (laughs) 5am. And the one, the one person that responded like ASAP was, um, one of my friends, she is lives in the UK. So the time zone, she's up, everybody else is asleep. And, um, I was just like, wow, like the feedback I was getting when I had, told them what my vision was and why I had wanted to interview each of them and why I wanted to use my platform for this. And just like the why around it, Mm. um, they were really bought in and I was like, wow, this is awesome. Like now I feel much more ignited to do so. Mm -hmm. But I will also say parts of it came from the idea that I have a YouTube channel, but I've kind of been sleeping on it. Mm. And mainly it's not because I don't have the content. It's because I don't have the time to edit and revise the videos to then upload and produce the content. Right. Um, So a lot of people will ask me like, dang, like you travel, you do this, you do that. Like, did you vlog this? Or like, can you tell us how you do this? And it's like, I would love to. And I actually recorded it, but I don't have the time to sit and edit it. (laughs) Uh So I want to find a way to kind of produce consistent content Mm. um, that's not going to be time consuming, but also shows an authentic side of me because a lot of people, if you go to my Instagram, you'll see like uh resting bitch face yeah. and it's like, oh, dang, uh-huh. like she looks so serious or like yeah. she's serving all the time or whatever. And 
I play around with the captions. Sometimes the captions literally don't mean much to me. I'm just like throwing something out there. Yeah. So in order for people to see the real me, okay, tap into the YouTube channel. But if the YouTube channel isn't giving you consistent content, tap into the IG live. Mm. And so that was my way of saying, okay, I want to display the, the authentic, true side of me, but also I want to empower others. So yeah. the title of it is The Empowered Era, brought to you by The Elizabethan Era. So The Elizabethan Era is the name of my YouTube channel. The Empowered Era is something I started in 2017. Yeah. Um, while I was... No, 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 2018. Okay. So it was the last semester of college, and I, um, I hosted an event, did like a social media challenge, used that as the hashtag, um... And then kind of built like an annual photo shoot around that concept. Okay. And everything was surrounded by International Women's Day, which is March 8th of every year. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, I want to really push the narrative of empowering the woman next to you. And I don't buy in or believe in the idea like we should be in competition with each other. Like there can only be one or whatever the case is. I love when my friends are elevating. I love to elevate my friends. Um, I just have a mindset of like, if I'm up there, why should I be the only one? Or if you're up there, exactly. you know, let's let's share the let's share the wealth, let's share the platform. There's enough exactly. room in this world for everyone to have their spotlight. There's enough people in this world for everyone to have a platform. It's love. It's enough. It's a lot of money for There's everybody. There's a lot of money, <laughs> yeah. and people need to tap in and and really understand the concept of like network marketing. Because mm. some people kind of look at the network marketing and they get like a negative concept and they feel like it's transactional. They feel like people aren't authentic with it. Mm. But it's like, if you really think about the concept of how all these big companies are ran by the same parent companies, ran by the same Literally. people. You go into a company and you're wondering, why does everybody go to the same alma mater? Why does everybody, mm. like everyone went to Harvard? Yeah the person from Facebook, the person from this, the like they each shared resources, put each other on. Now they're exactly. running stuff. And then we, as the consumers are just buying it. We're just feeding into it. And it's yeah. like the same people that own pretty little things, boohoo, you name it, ran by the same family. Really? I didn't know that. Same family. And so it's like, if you could put your people on and share the wealth, why would you want to move solo? Yeah. When each of you guys could be eating together. Like it shouldn't be a, and I, I heard this on somebody's interview. They were like, why would I want to pull up somewhere because I made it and my friends are my entourage? I want to be their entourage. Like, we should all be there for a purpose, not yeah. because like, oh, I have a seat at this table because I'm friends with so-and-so. I'm the plus one. Mm. We need to be each other's plus one. Right. So in my mind, it was kind of like, I want to empower others. And also for my audience, I want them to be in tune with certain conversations because a lot of people will ask me questions via like LinkedIn DMs, Instagram DMs, email, and I can't respond to all of it or I'm not giving them the content via YouTube. Yeah. And so then I'll think like, okay, if I'm sitting having these internal like two hour FaceTime calls with my friends, yeah. why am I not just sharing that same conversation on a social scale for everybody to dive in? Free game. Free. Like we could easily be on FaceTime or we could just be on the IG live. IG live. And that's how I kind of looked at it. Like if I'm comfortable enough to be on FaceTime with my friends and we're talking and we're sharing gems and all that stuff, why can't I do the same thing and express for others? Because one person may say like episode one, five and seven, I related to, but like three and four, 
that wasn't me. Like I just didn't tap in and that's yeah. okay. But right. it's about finding that relatability with at least somebody right. and then being able to take that information and use it for yourself, like elevate yourself or share that within your friends. And if somebody else wants to start the idea of IG lives, I'm sure a lot of people have done it, especially with 2020. Yeah. That's cool. Like that's the whole point. Right. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the idea why I started it. Yeah. And that's so dope, man. I'm, I tuned, I, I remember one of the first ones I tuned into, it was like for women, it was like women empowerment. I don't know if it was women in tech. It was, mm -hmm. it was, was it was it women in tech? We've had a lot of women we, in tech. So. Yo, I, it was one of the first. Was, I I forget her name, man. But it was so good. And I was like, Lizzie has something here. Like it's it's she definitely has something here because it's when when okay because I think I, I know say, the episode. You saw what? I think I know the episode you're talking about. Yeah, I and I, I said I watched the whole thing and I was like, it's it's different. Like because I'm I'm an interviewer, so. Whenever, whenever we're doing this, like when you're starting off, like it could be kind of difficult, you know, like getting on IG live because for me it's like that's awkward. People, like you know what I'm saying, just people watching are, people. In, people will tap in your wave and say hey, and they're just sitting there. They won't even respond. They don't they no hey or nothing. And it's so, <laughs> so awkward. You're like, <laughs> and yeah, and so but, <laughs> but for you, what you get, it seems so natural. Like I said, it seemed like a FaceTime call. Like, thank you. And yeah, I just tuned in with the one last week that you did with Bev, and it was just yeah. like, I I com I even commented, but the thing is, y'all were so into the conversation that the comment it just disappeared. But I was like, that's great, you know what I'm saying? They're really listening to each other, and that's how I started this show because like I was talking to Jimmy. And we would have, like, my friends and I, we always have phenomenal conversations. Like, we are the group of friends. We will hold each other accountable. Like, if something's wrong, like, bro, you know that's not right. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Go apologize. You know, that's the type of, you know what I'm saying, man, we are. That's good. We always have so many convers great conversations. And um, I just woke up and I was like, dude, I really want to start this show. Like, I really just want to bring in different creatives and just, like, tap in with their mind and just see how they think. Because I feel like people can get something from it. So I know exactly what you mean where it's just like, we're having this conversation like why not have it on instagram live mm -hmm. you know like so people can grasp and take something from it because some people can relate to it um i did want to ask when it when you first started getting on ig live was it hard like for me like I, i've been on ig live once like once in my entire life i think when i got on it was like what two people in there i was like this is too awkward like yeah i'll get all it was like a 30 second one so is it hard like starting it up like on there like so what i'll say is I was the person that was like, why IG Live? Like, that was me. <laughs> and the, I think the only times I ever really got on IG Live, um, I remember my 23rd birthday, I okay. got a lot of feedback and, like, happy birthday messages and stuff. And so I just wanted to kind of go on, like, a rant and say thank you yeah. for, like, you know, how I felt during that birthday, the feedback, the love. That birthday meant so much to me because that was, it was, like, Jordan year and you're in Chicago and you're not with like your solid day ones. Yeah. So if people pull up and show up for your birthday, cool. And yeah. if they don't <laughs> cool, like they don't owe you anything. Cause you just met them. Right. And the amount of people that pulled up, I Dang. was like, Whoa, like this is crazy. Like yeah. Chicago will always have my heart, but that was like one of the first I times go I got, so bad, you definitely need to, but not right now. Go in the summer. Yeah, it's, it's too cold. Do not go right now. <laughs> yeah. It's snowy. Yeah, no, nah, uh -uh. I don't do yeah. the cold at but all. But that was one of my first times I got on. And after that, it was like, okay, cool. I can do this, but I do get anxiety if it's not preset. So mm. with this idea, it was like, I'm going to cultivate the flyer. 
have the conversation at least a week in advance with the interviewee and we're going to kind of market and promote each day. Okay. Building up until Wednesday. So we have it Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Central time. Like it's kind of like if you were to get ready to watch Blackish or like Mm -hmm. your favorite TV show, you know, it's going to come same time every day, every week kind of thing, whatever. Yeah. So that was the concept. I was like, okay, if I'm, if I put it at the same consistent time each week, this is going to be the idea of like a TV show. Yeah, people will look forward to it. Yeah, people are going to look forward to it. They're going to set their notifications. They're going to know like, oh, it's Wednesday at 7. I'm going to tap in. Mm -hmm. And that's what people started catching up on. And even on last week's episode with Bev, Mm -hmm. there was someone that commented and they were like. Great episode, by the way. You said what? Great episode. Yay. (laughs) That makes me so happy. Mm -hmm. Um, Someone commented and they were like, Throughout COVID, this is something I've been looking forward to like every week. So thank you. And I was like, whoa. And then someone else commented and they were like, I'm so looking forward to when COVID's over and you host like an in-person all-women's conference or something. And I was like, (sighs) wow, like speak that into existence because that would definitely be like a vision I would like to fulfill. But I mean, we're in COVID. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think just doing what you can because- I really enjoy like being on panels and like narrating Mm. and kind of being like a host, but also understanding what people's stories are. One of the people I had on the live, I really loved her episode because first time I met her was when I moved to Chicago. And to me, she was just like such a sweetheart, just a a nice person. And it was like, she was a mystery that I had to keep unfolding and keep Mm, getting to know. So then it's like, dang, you got a bomb fashion sense. Dang, you work at this top consulting firm. Dang, you're smart as hell. Like, wow, like you have all these layers to you. And then we finally exchange social medias. I'm like, dang, your social media pop in. And when you meet her in person, she's so humble. You won't, you won't see all of that at once. Yeah. And so when I had asked her, like, hey, can you be my guest speaker? She was like, to be honest, I've never been on IG Live. And I was like, but you're <laughs> like an influencer. Like, yeah, people legit look to you like you got followers. You mm-hmm. like you do this. And she was like, yeah, it's just, you know, IG Live just hasn't really been my thing, but I'm trying to get on my shell. And that's what I liked about her interview, because it was so authentic. It wasn't like, a, oh, mm. I'm used to this. I do this. I'm ready. Yeah, it was like a. This is my first time. You're helping me get out of my shell. And now like her followers are there saying like, oh my gosh, I didn't know this about you. Or like, can you please do more lives? And so that inspires her to feel like maybe I should come out of my box a little more. Yeah. And so I think it's like empowering for me to watch because each person I interview, they'll see me taking notes. (laughs) Like I'm taking notes in the conversation, (laughs) like you dropped in gems. Uh And then also they feel like they can learn something about themselves each time. Like the questions I ask them make them think. And they're like, wait, I didn't even think about that. Or like, I didn't realize I was that type of person or everyone doesn't want to toot their own horn. So they're kind of like real humble and chill with it. Yeah. And then you kind of pull it out of them and they're like, yeah, I, I guess I am. I guess I should give myself a pat on the back. Yeah. Uh huh. So I really liked that aspect of it. Like just, inspiring empowering people sharing stories man and isn't it so good to like when you hear people say like i'm looking forward to this yeah it's 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 something too especially when you're creating something man uh shout out to my boy byron i never forget i was an hour late 
um, uploading an interview, and this dude texted me. He was like, uh, Byron had texted me, and he was like, yo. And I was like, yeah. He was like, uh, I'm checking to see when you're going to drop the interview. And I'm just like, dang, man. You know what I'm saying? People really like looking out, and it's it just feels so good knowing that somebody's there, like, listening to you and they're looking forward to it and it makes you feel like you're doing something right you know like and shout out to you because interviewing people it's fun but it's not as easy as it looks it's not <laughs> it, it, it's not as easy as it looks sometimes like you may come across people and we talked about this before like who you know never never been like in an interview setting like how what we do and like they don't they may not elaborate uh you know like how we wanted to just to get the content out but I really enjoy it, man, because I, I learn something new every time I interview somebody else. Like, And um, there's something you said that, that really, like, sparked my attention. When you, you said it, but when you say you're sensitive, but, like, you don't, like, show it. Like, yeah. For me, I'm a very, very sensitive person. Okay. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm just a very sensitive person. But, like, pe- people don't know. I, and I told Willie, I really embrace the whole dramatic thing because I, I, I really, like, tune in, like, with my emotions, like I really do. That's good. Um, but it okay. Why is it okay? I feel like it's good too. But why do you feel like it's a negative connotation to it? Like I, I feel like. Oh, I'll let you answer. So I don't think it's a negative connotation, but I think you know the saying of um, and I'm probably butchering this. <laughs> don't mistake my kindness for weakness. For, for weakness, yeah. That type of a mindset. I grew up being a very kind person, very nice. Mm. And it wasn't, it was, it was almost like a, I'm so kind that I'm also gullible because Mm. I see the best in everybody. Mm. And then some things happen in life. You experience life and you encounter certain people and you're just like, Oh, Whoa. Yeah. I don't think I should be that nice. Or I don't think I should be that gullible. And it's not to say that you're allowing that encounter, that situation, that individual to then hinder who you truly are. But it kind of sets you back to look at the world that you're in, regroup, recharge, and then figure out where you should exude your energy. Right. Am I still going to mindlessly exude my kind energy to everyone? Like I had a friend, I, I was a freshman at UNT and she was probably like a junior Okay. Every time I saw her, she called me Sunshine. Like, she, wow. she didn't even call me Lizzie. She was just like, Sunshine, like, every time I see you, you make me happy, da 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 yeah. Like, you always seem like you don't even have a bad day. Like, I would never know that you had two-a-days in a lab, and then now you're here at this um, student meeting or whatever. Wow. Like, you just, you always seem like nothing's wrong. Mm. And then it wasn't until, you know, I started experiencing life and encountering certain individuals that I was like, okay, um, I'm getting exhausted by putting my heart on my sleeve and Mm. by wearing my emotions and by opening up so much that now I kind of have to be picky. I kind of got to be choosy with who gets my energy. Yeah. Cause that's the best way for me to protect my peace. Right. If I express who I truly am and show those emotions to someone who's undeserving. Yeah. I may not be valued. Mm. Um, literally this week, our dad put in our family group texts, Long text. I'll summarize it. (laughs) Yeah. But it was um, a story about a dad that gave a daughter an old car and was like, take this to a junkyard. Let me know the value. Take this to this place. Let me know the value. Take this to the auction. Let let me know the value. Take it to a pawn shop. Let me know the value. Take it to a car shop. 
Let me know the value. Each of the places was like, we'll give you a hundred for it. We'll give you a thousand for it. Da, 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 da. Then she takes it to the last place, which is the club shop. And they're like, we're going to give you a million for it because this isn't like an antique. Mm. And so she goes back to the dad and she's like, yeah, they want to offer me like big money. And the dad was like, always know where you are expressing your value because not everybody's going to treat you the same and the way you should be valued. Wow. Because if you know that you're a kind person, you're an emotional person, you're a passionate person, and you give that energy to the wrong people, mm. that could then hinder you from seeing like who you are in God's eyes. Wow. Versus, okay, now in the end, you finally give yourself to the right type of group of people or community or individual, and you are treated the way God views you. You're treated the way you deserve to be viewed. And mm. so that was like the analogy that he was sharing to his kids or whatever. But um, that, that type of a message sticks with me because in my mind, it's like I've learned to, over time, to be mindful of how I share my energy. And I feel like if I'm using my own platform and having like the IG lives or whatever, I can control that. If I right. am choosing to encounter and meet new people, I now can consciously decide what am I sharing? What am I holding back? What am I going to allow myself to kind of be a mystery and unravel layers versus just like, I'm going to tell you everything because, hey, we're friends and I want to get to know you. And like, yeah. I'm so excited. Why are you not as excited? Now I'm overthinking. Now mm. I'm wondering, did I do something wrong? Did I offend you? Like, oh, yeah. you're just a closed off person. Got it. And right. You know what I mean? Things mm. like that. Right. I, so, yeah. I feel like it, it, it sucks to say, like, because I used to be a very, I feel like I'm still outgoing, mm -hmm. but I used to be so much more like outgoing and always willing to help everybody yeah. and put people on like to different events when I was what? DJing, like to always, but, and then I always found myself like getting screwed over. Like, and I was just like, dude, I realized, like you said, you got to be selective of like, you know what I'm saying? Where, where you put, where you put your energy, like, and who you allow to like really show your emotions to like because i've lost a lot of friends like think just thinking like everybody was my friend especially at unt that they will boost you like crazy at unt wow like, like yo wow. I, I have never heard that word more than i ever had this the funniest to. thing about that word and the community at unt is that <laughs> That word is actually a very positive it's a word. Phenomenal word. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's a good such word. a great word. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember when people started first saying it, and like they just started enhancing their vocabulary and learned about it. <laughs> yeah. And I looked it up, and they associated the word with Obama frequently because it was the time frame when he was in office. Oh, okay. And when I would look it up, like Obama is the definition of clout. Like, yeah, he's famous everywhere. He is famous everywhere he goes. Yeah. You, you may not like him, but you know him. Mm -hmm. And you may you may not like something about him, but there's always something about him that you're like, dang, I agree. Yeah. Like, he, like, I feel like Obama got clout, Beyonce got clout, Denzel Washington got clout. Those are like mm. universal attractive people or right. not just attractive in terms of the physical appearance, but their likeness towards right. the world. Mm -hmm. The community can say like, yeah, there's something about Beyonce. I may not be a black woman, but I see myself in her. I right. may not be a performer, but I see myself in her. And the same for like Denzel Washington, the way he acts and all that stuff. It's like, I feel like clout is a very positive word. It's almost like a synonym to revere or honor. And mm. people just misuse it. 
And then it gets kind of like, oh, when someone says like, you got clout, you start feeling bad. Like, ah, what yeah, do you mean? Like, 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 you start shying away. Like, ah, because uh-huh. you know the context they're using it in. Yeah. And, yeah. and, the, and yo, like, I remember when I first, when I first started like getting on and like DJing and stuff, like everybody was super, super cool. Like everybody was like always willing to help. And like, I thought everybody was like friends, but nah, man, like I, I definitely fell into the clout trap at UNT. Oh, wow. Um, but it, it really, it, it's not a bad thing though, okay. because it really opened my eyes. Like, because as soon as like, if you're on, everybody's your friend, everybody posting you, like everybody reposting your, fl- well, uh, I'll use college example, reposting your flyers, you know, True. like events you're on, they're booking you every week and everything like that. But when you're not as hot, let's say another DJ pop up, like, I'll never forget. I will never forget. Shout out to my boy DJ Scheme, man. I remember when Scheme started blowing up, man. Okay. I'll never forget this. Literally, everybody like everybody like who I thought was like friends, was like, oh, DJ Scheme, like DJ Scheme. And it was like the same thing like he was getting. I was, I was like, damn, none of this was actually real. It was just like they trying to go where the hype is, like, and it's just, not loyal. <laughs> like, yo, yo, not loyal at, at all. all. Like, boys was hurt. I ain't gonna lie. I was uh, like, damn, I thought y'all was really rocking with me. Yeah. But like, shout out to my boy Scheme, man. But like, uh, it it really showed me who to show my emotions to, like, and bingo. and that's why I have a small select group of people like around me. Like, I I told I told Bryson, um, like when he first got here. Bryson and Avion, shout out to my boy DJ Does It All, are literally the only photographers that I book. Like, because mm-hmm. it's just like that. that I mean, they, I just, their they're craft and like just everything I work with them on, like, and they've, they're they just solid. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Never screw me over anything like that. So yeah. it's like, I'm going to work with them. And so yeah. I, ha- I have a really, really tight circle group and everybody, you know, supports each other and, you know, look out for each other because like we've all been in situations where it's like, you know what I'm saying? Oh man, we've been screwed over, and it's like we don't want to go back there, and you know. So, I I, def, I definitely hear you out on like definitely showing like not showing your emotions. Um, like I mean, I feel like I feel like sometimes it could be given. That's why I really appreciate Cardi B. Cardi B will get on Instagram and say whatever, <laughs> like whatever. Yo, I don't like y'all commenting this. Da 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 da. Hurts my feelings, but I feel like. A lot of celebrities feel that way, but they don't want to show that. They don't share it. Exactly. And that's why Cardi is just like a, a real person to me because she yeah. don't care. She got millions and millions of followers, but like she going to speak her mind, you know? So Every it's like, time. Every time. <laughs> every time. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's a good quality with her. I truly commend whoever is her PR agency because yeah. I know they they go through a lot trying to manage her. Because it's like, when it comes to celebrities, you want to do your job. But when it comes to like a client like Cardi B, yeah. she's going to do what she wants <laughs> she to do. do what she want to do. And you're going to have to flip the script and find a way to just, yeah. just make it work. And she's going to yeah. be herself regardless, which is so beautiful that she is such herself. But it makes it harder on whoever is like trying to control narrative. Because mm-hmm. she's the type of person like, I'll tell you guys the truth. Right. There's no, there's no narrative. There's no publicity stunt. TMZ mm. won't, will not catch me because I'll be on Instagram live yeah. telling y'all exactly what it is. Exactly. So it did, yeah, I like her for that. And um, 
Kanye, he said something. Even though I'm not really rocking with Kanye right now, but like he said something before where it was just like he said he fired his manager because he can't be managed. Like he literally fired his manager and like mm-hmm. people because we know Kanye gonna speak his mind. Like if Kanye we agree or not, speak his mind. he 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 gonna he gonna say whatever. Um, man, but there's there's something that um I did I did want to ask you about you, but you touched on at the beginning a little bit about the NSARS movement about you being a uh, Nigerian. For the people who don't know what's going on, are you yes. able to elaborate? Yeah, that was going on for sure. I can I can give a, a quick spiel. Yeah. So um, hashtag NSARS is where you can find most of the information on it. Essentially, Nigeria is going through a lot and it's not a 2020 thing. It's not a new thing. I would say to put in like an analogy or a relatable context, it's like Black Lives Matters um, in all the peaceful protests and then the looters and all that stuff going on that started in June here in America. Every person that's a member of the black community is fully aware that we did not just recently start feeling like racism existed. Facts. We've always felt that way and we've just had to suppress it. Mm. We've always seen it around us and we just had to kind of keep a tight lip and be mindful of how we, how we move, how we talk. If we get pulled over, you know, hands up and follow the instructions, but we know our counterparts are not getting the same attention. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're going through here in America. And then now the protests are amplifying it. That's the same concept as in Nigeria, but it's not a racial thing. It is Hmm. a bad government thing. So imagine being a part of a people that's being suppressed by your own people. Wow. So in America, the issue is, you know, the minorities versus the majority. Mm-hmm. It's political. It's you don't like me for the skin tone that I you know have and possess. You don't like me for my gender. You, you know, one person is protesting. I can't breathe. I just want to be able to live my life. Another person is protesting. I just want a haircut. Like open up SeaWorld. Yeah. And it's like we're not we're not the same <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at all. Uh-huh. Now in Nigeria, the complex is you have peaceful protesters. Most of those peaceful protesters are the millennials. It's the younger generation, our age group. And our age group is known to be radical in the Mm. eyes of the older generation. They look at us like, you don't, you you don't know your left from your rights. Like you're doing everything wrong. And it's like, Uh no, we are actually trying to show you that there is a better way of life. Right. That there, that what we're currently reaping and going through and experiencing is wrong. Essentially, SARS is the government being corrupted. Hmm. Um, Getting into the root of that takes us all the way back to the same root of the Black Lives Matters movement because Hmm. Nigeria was not named Nigeria by Nigerians. We were colonized and named Nigeria by um, a British woman. We had to get Hmm. our independence by someone else. If you have Nigerian friends, you'll understand like, okay, um, are you Igbo? Are you Yoruba? Like, what tribe do you belong to? There's this beef between I've seen that on Twitter. Igbos yeah. and Yorubas. At the end of the day, we're all one, but a colonizer decided to divide us. Hmm. And we were all one. We spoke one language. We were all one group of people. Now we have two, like, two main separate, like there's Igbo, Yoruba, Hausa, Benin, and all the others. But you have all of your main ones. Then within that, even within the Igbo culture, it's like, oh, I'm from Anambra State. Oh, I'm from Emo State. Oh, I'm from Abia State. We're all Igbo. Yeah. And so all of that colonization definitely did not come from us. It came from the historic presence of 
British people. And now it's at the point where they have corrupted our government so much that our president is suppressing his own people, literally killing off innocent protesters, unarmed individuals. Like imagine you are peacefully protesting downtown. Yeah. And all of a sudden they close the toll gates. They demand a curfew, cut off all the lights. So there's no way ambulance can come in and out. And then apparently the government is hijacked by ex-con robbers. Hijacked. Just Grand Theft Auto everywhere. Killing innocent civilians that are unarmed. Protesting peacefully. So in those regards, it's like you knew exactly what was going on. You purposely asked for a curfew. You purposely cut the lights off. You purposely closed the gates. You purposely did not allow for us to get treatment, for our voices to be heard because Mm. of power, because of greed, because of money. And it's sad when it's like, that's your own people. Mm. But the government is so corrupt that the reason I brought it back to colonization, in my personal opinion, every time I do my research and look through history, the colonizers came and they were going to shoot and kill regardless. So they're going to go to the power and the leadership and say, Hey, either I kill you here or you offer me your people as slaves. Hmm. So in that, in that encounter, do I die or do I offer my people? I could die either way. I could offer my people and they're still going to kill me, but I have a better chance to live if I just offered my people to save myself and my family. So that's kind of what's been happening. Cycle, cycle, cycle. Then it gets to a point where it's like, you start taking money under the table. Like you start doing whatever you can. And Nigeria, as well as all the other countries in Africa, we are bound into these really unlawful legal constitutions with Asia, with Europe. And it's like, we can't do anything about it because our ancestors sold us. They sold us out. So you have colonizers saying like, yeah, you guys went through slavery, but your people sold you first. Well, you didn't give us a choice. Like you literally put a gun to their heads and said, do you want to live or do you want to save your people? And either way it goes, you're still going to take our people. Yeah. So it's kind of like, yeah, we're at fault because we, our ancestors sold our people. But then also they were pressured to sell their people to keep their own lives. So now when that cycle continues, continues, you see what's going on in America. You see what's going on in Africa. You see what's going on in even the UK, like Mm -hmm. everywhere. It's not, it's not necessarily safe. You see what's going on in Asia. I have a cousin who lives there and he's like straight from Nigeria to Asia. Okay. Um, if you look at what's going on in the news, it's like black people as a whole are mistreated in all the Asian countries mm. they, with COVID they're blaming us. And it's, it's like, crazy. we're trying to, okay, you'll see a video of a black person trying to enter the mall or enter a place of business. And the police officer will be like, no, 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 you can't come in. Literally let a Caucasian woman walk in, let an Asian woman walk in, but be stopping the African-American or the, the black people or the Nigerian or wherever they came from because of their skin tone. Mm. And it's like the mistreatment of black people, black people being suppressed everywhere. It's, it's a global thing. Yeah. So I think one of the biggest things that has been on radar for the Nigerian community during this NSARS movement is that when Black Lives Matters pops off, when Trayvon Martins and when George Floyd's and when Breonna Taylor's are happening, you have the African community there saying, 
I'm Nigerian, I'm African-American, but I'm black. In the eyes of anybody else, they don't look at me and say, oh, you're Nigerian. Nice to meet you. Your mm. last name is Asandu. Cool. They're saying, oh, that's a black girl. Yeah. So I'm going to stand with y'all. So why is it when this is happening, all of the African-American friends that are like, oh, I want to taste jollof. You got to take me to Nigeria. Oh, can I get a nice trad fit like yours? Oh, da, 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 da. Y'all want to be put on. But now when it comes to like actual issues of us killing our own people, y'all aren't speaking up. Y'all can't yeah. retweet. Y'all get mad when a celebrity finally says something about it. Oh, well, I mean, that celebrity just said it because they had to. At least they're saying something. At least they're saying something. At least they're saying something. That celebrity's not the same person saying, oh, can you take me to a Nigerian wedding with you? Yeah. I thought it was strange that I had the IG live. One of my guest speakers was my sister. And mm. we both talked about um, NSARS at the beginning before we got into the full-on conversation. We even shared how when we went back to Nigeria, I think in 2007, we ran into an issue with the police. Like, they, it's just natural. They will stop you on the street, knock on your window, and they won't let you continue until you give them money. You didn't do anything to get stopped. That's how corrupt it is. They know that you're American and that you're coming back into town. They're going to kidnap your grandfather, hold him for ransom until you pay his, his fee. What? I didn't that's, know how, that's how corrupt it is. And so we're sharing that, bringing light to it. And then we get into the rest of our conversation. That following weekend... I was a part of the Ashebi, which is like close friends, but you're not a bridesmaid of a wedding. Mm. And so I go, I'm wearing my traditional. I posted all about it. The amount of interaction and engagement I got on the IG live and the NSARS, mid, here, low. Really? The amount of interaction and engagement I got on the culture. I love the Nigerian wedding. Your fits. Oh, you guys are in unison. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, da 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 da. At a all-time high, like, highest engagement. Hmm. The next following week, I had the episode with Beverly. Mm -hmm. Someone DM'd me, and they were like, I just can't believe you're still promoting what you're doing in your own life for personal gain, even though, like, all this stuff is going on with NSARS. Wow. As if I'm not advocating each and every day, and even before the height of everything. So I was just like, these are the same individuals who are still saying like, I want to be a part of your culture, but now when it's time to talk about political things, I'm not going to speak up. Oh my gosh. I know that something's going on in Nigeria, but I see you're at a wedding. Oh my gosh. Oh mm. wow. Da, da, da. The following posts, I post something about NSARS. I post uh, police brutality. I post something graphic. Instagram starts censoring things. Yep. Mm -hmm. And it's like, whoa. And it's, it's just, it's a lot. I would just yeah. say pray for the world. Pray, pray for the black community globally. Yeah. There's more than just Nigeria that's suffering. Ethiopia's suffering. Ghana's suffering. Mm. Um, we're, we still haven't seen justice here in America. It's just a lot. Yeah. And, and it's, it, you touched on something where you, so you said these celebrities like are getting bashed for posting something. I, I, Beyonce was the was the big one. Like people said, Beyonce didn't post anything. Da da da. And I really want to tweet, bro. Like y'all really look at these celebrities like they're like God or something. Like, dude, like if she didn't post anything, but you don't know what she's doing behind the scenes. Like and Beyonce is a big giver. She she gives and she exactly. doesn't share. She'll, exactly. She'll, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, and it's just like, bro, like it. Okay, I'm not gonna say like. Who cares who posted it and who didn't? But it's just like, I, I'm not, I'm a huge Drake fan, right? Okay. 
I'm not sitting here, Drake, you didn't post anything about Insar, da da da. Like, mm-hmm. what have I done? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like what have I done myself? It's yeah. just like these people, like, I'll never forget Migos gave ten thousand dollars to a school. And they're like, he only they only gave ten thousand, da 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 da. Like it was like, what did you give to your local school? Exactly. And it's just like I, I, I hate when people do that. Yeah. I hate when people do that. Like, quit looking at other people like to to control to do these. something exactly. when you didn't do it yourself yeah were you out protesting were you out you know what i'm saying like trying to make a change mm-hmm. like and it, it infuriates me like people will literally sit here and argue about what beyonce or somebody else did or didn't post it's like dude she don't even <laughs> thinking about you like so i can say that i agree that you everyone should take ownership and what they are going to contribute before yeah. they could point a finger and say like why didn't this person yes. contribute or like what is the gratitude or the amount that they're going to contribute? But I will say the reason why in my eyes, people are trying to call these celebrities out and say like, Beyonce, why aren't you posting? What are you doing? Can you publicize it? Is because Beyonce just dropped the um, Lion King and she just dropped Blackest King. The Blackest King. yeah. So she went from I'm here for Lion King and I'm going to feature Burna Boy and all these African artists, Nigerian artists and yeah. then I'm going to literally take all the aesthetics. I, she went back for, um, her and her mom went back for the, the return. They went to Ghana and all that stuff. Hmm. Met the president. You can do all this stuff. And to the eyes of the people, it seems like show. And there's people who legit glorify celebrities like Beyonce. So hmm. everyone knows who moves the needle. If Beyonce says black is king now everyone's like oh i gotta go to africa now now i gotta start using afro beats now i gotta pull in davy doe and whisk kid and mm. all these afro artists so that i can seem like i'm hip to it too because beyonce did it yeah. but then it's like well beyonce didn't post about nsars so i'm in the clear i don't have to do it too so everyone mm. knows she's the type of person that moves the needle so it starts becoming that question of are you with africa for the aesthetic mm. and to make your money Right. Or were you truly trying to give a tribute? And if you're truly giving a tribute, then you need to care about what's going on within our country. Because you have demonstrated that you are a humanitarian, that you are a giver, that you you believe in philanthropy. Yeah. So stand on that. And you should be one of the first people without your PR agency having to make a cover for you. The same way you're promoting your current Adidas line that can sell out in a minute. Yeah. You need to at least say something about what's going right, on. Right. Um, so I think that's where people are coming I agree. from. It's like, we know that it, if you do something, I should have still did something, but we also know there's people who literally do not have a mind of their own and they need mm. Beyonce. They need Drake. They need yeah. these public figures to say something for them to finally say, Oh, well my God just told me that, you know, and SARS, yeah. So I got an NSARS. Yeah, my that dad makes just told sense. me that. And I, I feel like and and yeah, people people they they straddle the fence. Like it's like these these people like first of all, it's a, it's a, it's a lot of we know it's a lot of racist people, but man, if a new dance come out that black people created, you know, rap and everything, like they'll all be with it. You know what I'm saying? Like they'll be in a mosh pits with you and da da da. da. But if you ask them to post anything, the black square, remember everybody posting like the black yes. square on Instagram? Oh no, it's silent. It's oh, silent. They don't want to do that, but they want to do the dances. They want to rap, and they want to. You wanna... see TikTok? Yeah. TikTok oh. is gentrification gone wild. <laughs> TikTok. Oh my gosh! Go to a Travis Scott concert. Who is in the mosh pit? That's who it. is who is paying us. for the Lil Wayne concerts? Who is paying for all of these like 
artists concerts Migos concerts Mm. the majority yeah barely the minority is going to the concert if you really think about it that's true the minority is streaming it in their house playing it at the house party playing it at you know the homecoming function but how many people are selling out their concerts and if you understand music which i know you do yeah Artists make the bulk of their money on concerts on and tours, tours. because mm-hmm. their label is going to take what is streaming. Their label is going to take all of that money. Mm-hmm. So if you really want to support the artist, you're going to be there. Yeah. And the majority is supporting, but the majority can't say like, hey, without you being a black man or a black woman, you couldn't produce this music and give me this, this intro into your culture that yeah. I'm now paying and buying for. But hey, I, I can't post a black square. Yeah. Like, that's <laughs> like, like, wait. That's so twisted. You love Travis Scott, but you can't post a black square. Yeah. And it's 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 insane to me. Like, and just seeing like just, you know, different co-workers and all this stuff, like who who just like really like, you know what I'm saying? Hey, look, they want to be black. You know what I'm saying? Black is beautiful. You know what I'm saying? It is what it is. And it's just like, damn, not even like a little bit of like recognition or nothing, like when it really matters. Like, besides like, um, Besides the music and the entertainment, like when it really counts, like do you really want to be what it is? People want to be black until it's really time. Until you know? it's until <laughs> it's ah, until it's you time. said it. It's until not, it's time. It's not it's, easy. Ooh, actually, if you didn't know, I wasn't black. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. All right, bet. Man, and just stay that way, then. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Don't don't be trying to come over here. Yeah. And try to say some slick stuff, yeah. like. Um, but that's no. true. That's I, true. I feel like it's love all around for sure. But for sure. I feel like twenty twenty shows you people's true colors, and it's mm. all about. In my eyes, are you the type that will harbor the hate and mm. let that fester into you and change who you are? Or is it going to open your eyes about how you're going to move, who you're going to move around? Or are you going to say, hey, I'm going to make a change. Like, I'm going to have that hard conversation. I think 2020 taught me that although I'm very cool with, like, all races, it's Mm. time to have that hard conversation. I had multiple hard conversations. And I think the hard conversations are not with your community at all. Mm -mm. Your community gets it. You're preaching to the choir. The hard conversations is when two separate ethnicities are coming together and saying, this is the life I live. This is what I was raised on. This is why I think the way I do. What is your take on X, Y, Z? And then the other party explaining their thoughts on it and having that real life realization that, dang, I did not know that I had, I had one conversation. I'll share a little bit because it's definitely like a confidential conversation, but Mm -hmm. um, one of my good friends who is white Mm -hmm. her and i had what was supposed to be like a 30 minute combo turn into like a two hour combo Mm. about everything going on in the world social injustice and stuff and to help her understand it at the end she thanked me for my patience because she was like thank you for being patient and like breaking it down for me because i don't understand what it is you're you know you all are going through yeah if i'm being honest and some people are like we shouldn't have to break it down like you should get it but if you hear both sides, right. they really don't get it. Mm-hmm. And I can't blame them because of the environment that they grew up in. So to help her, it was like, I know that she has had a modeling career in New York and things of that nature. So I asked her, what was it like working with black models? She mm. said, I wouldn't know. 
And that's the problem. Okay, mm-hmm. let's talk about it. What do you mean you wouldn't know? Every time I was booked for something, there was not a black model there. So mm-hmm. I've never had to be in a space and encounter that. So I don't even know. I, to say that I know what you guys are going through when I've never encountered another black person mm-hmm. in the space of my profession, in my creative environment. So then I would ask her, okay, why do you think there weren't black models? Well, the agency would tell us that the idea of, you know, like what they're looking for is because like Europeans or like Russians are known to be like bigger, taller people. Mm. So that's really interesting. If you were to look into the NBA or the WNBA, (laughs) what is the ethnicity that you see there? Black. She's like, oh, black. I said, so why do you not think those same people with that height can't be on the runway and model. Exactly. Wow. Like it was one of those like mind blowing epiphanies that sometimes in our world, it's like, did I really have to break it down? But in their world, it's like, thank you for t- having the patience to open up my mind. Cause yeah. now through this conversation, I can start sharing your story because my community is not going to be receptive to you explaining it, but they will be receptive to me sharing your exactly. version. Exactly. And so I, I applaud people for having those bridging conversations and not just only having these combos because when you have these conversations where it's only within your community, you're just running in a circle, right? You're hyping each other up. You're gaslighting each other. And it's like, yeah, yeah. You get me right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't know why this is going. Yeah. Okay. Well, how about you step outside and have that hard combo with someone who literally has no idea what you're talking about? Yeah. Mm. And, and, I, I really appreciate those conversations because I had a conversation when, uh, when I was in training um, for uh, my position that I'm in now. Uh, mm-hmm. we, it was it was a it was a group of us. It was a group of us. It was GSS. Yay! Um, we love it. Yeah. So we we were in New York, and um, it was me and some people from the Chicago office, right? Mm-hmm. And um, we're all black, of course, and it was people uh, from of the Caucasian descent there. And uh, but the, we were talking about uh, uh, me and the other black people talking about like you know how guns came into the ghettos, and, like you know, and all this stuff, right? And one of the uh, the, the people, the other Caucasian people, were like, like, what do you mean, like guns? Came? I was like, yo, you like when you know when Reagan was in office, like people were waking up, going to the dumpsters, like throw out trash. It was AK forty sevens and AR fifteens right there. And I was just like, we don't have access to that. So especially in the hood. How did we get military machines? Exactly. Why do we have machinery? Yeah. And it's just like, (laughs) oh, this powdery substance right there. It's like this stuff is planted and that and that's how and so then her mom was just like, yo, like, wow, like I didn't even like know that even happened. Like, we know it happened, you know what I'm saying? Like, we don't have access to this stuff. Like, how are people in like, let's say like maybe the south side of Chicago, like, um, getting bazookas like dude like come on bro like yeah no living there taught me a lot about the history of chicago yo it's outside redlining like all that stuff is very real people who listen it like look up redlining and like what it really is like Mm -hmm. it's 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 all this stuff was calculated people had to break it down to me i said what do you mean they're like yeah you need to go to this museum i said said, yo it was yeah yo all this is calculated like it's going as planned like how they created ghettos and like every, it's people if they do their research is right there but that same girl like who listened to that reached out to me on um whenever like all the you know the protests started and everything mm-hmm. she was like hey like how do i show i support without coming off as like 
insensitive or like I don't. Yeah. But she was like, I really don't know like what to post. I was like, wow, I, I appreciate you reaching out. Like mm-hmm. you know, where everybody posts like the Black Square. You know what I'm saying? Like Blackout Tuesday. I think it was Blackout Tuesday. Like yeah. Um, to show your support, and she posted that, but she really wanted to know because she really like yeah. didn't know like how to feel. And that's the thing about those conversations. Like they are so valuable. Like, so but valuable. you got to be open to know that somebody may not understand like because they live a completely different life you know like exactly. so you got to be patient you're like yeah you you listen to how they were brought up and then when you tell your story be patient like truly listen because sometimes they really don't know like they really don't know like the the thing between like all lives matter and black lives matter yeah all lives matter duh we will all say that but mm-hmm. it's a different it's a particular community that's hurt and um it was a picture i posted when all this was blowing up it was all these houses on fire mm-hmm. all the, you know it was one house on fire okay yeah, you know the picture it was like one house on fire i know the concept i haven't seen the picture yeah though. one it was one house on fire and the fireman was uh watering a house that was perfectly fine and so then the caption was all houses matter. And that's literally what it means. It's like, Legit. dude, obviously all all, obviously all the houses matter, yeah. but, but one is on fire. One's on fire. You know, and, and that's what it's about. But I really appreciate people coming in and being open to have that conversation. Yes. And also for people in our community, be patient and have those conversations because yes. sometimes people really don't know. Yes. I, I will say to touch on that, um, we had talked a little bit about my upbringing growing up in flower mound mm-hmm. and how you're familiar with the city and yeah. mm-hmm. you know you don't see too many african-americans in that right. type of a city you see mainly the majority mm-hmm. so for me as a little black girl growing up it's like okay my parents always raised me like you're nigerian american like you're nigerian first then you're american like if mm-hmm. anything happens here we going home and yeah. home is nigeria so i'm like yeah. okay cool like so is my struggle their struggle? Like, am I black? Like, what What do you mean? Like, mm. I'm trying to identify what's going on. Like, when black history comes around and I'm the only black person in the class <laughs> yeah. and they're looking to me and I'm like, oh, I'm Nigerian. Like, what you mean? Kind of thing. Yeah. And they're like, oh, like, oh, okay. Like, you're, you're Nigerian. So, like, your parents recently came here like, by choice. And then it's just kind of like, I think as a child, it's a lot to kind of grasp but the biggest thing i would say is during black history when we are learning about the public public figures and we're reading about rosa parks and we're reading about malcolm x and we're reading about martin luther king why is it that in our textbooks there was always a picture of their mugshot every time Mm, every time so i'm thinking malcolm x is a criminal why are we honoring him that's why he doesn't have a holiday that makes sense but martin luther king like he was the nice person because mm-hmm. of who is teaching me, my teachers, my community is saying right. like Malcolm X is the radical. Martin Luther King is the nice guy that wanted peace and da da da. Okay. Both of them died, but Martin Luther King died and he was honored. Mm-hmm. Malcolm X died and he was kind of like banned from his um, community of like mm-hmm. his religion and all that stuff. Like yep. they were like, okay, what's going on? And then with Rosa Parks, she seemed really peaceful. She seemed like a nice person, but she didn't want to get up. Those were the rules. Why didn't she follow the rules? But in school, we're taught we got to follow rules. If we don't follow rules, we're going to the principal's office. So I'm trying to follow all the rules, but she didn't follow the rules. So why is it that we're honoring and talking about her in a positive light? But you guys keep telling me she didn't follow the rules and that's why she went to jail. So it's like the mindset of being a young black woman 
growing up, um, elementary is when I'm really talking about it. Mm -hmm. But your teachers and your community is white. Yeah. So you're wondering, maybe this is why we only have a month. Like maybe Mm. like, and this is getting kind of awkward because like everyone keeps looking to me like I'm supposed to know this stuff. And I'm like, my parents didn't really teach me that. Like we just came here. (laughs) Uh So I think, I, I think it's really cool, but also sad that now in 2020, the younger generation is exposed to the truth. Like if they want to know what's up, they, they gonna know what's up. Yeah, for sure. I'm seeing more information on social media that I'm like, I had no idea this was the truth about black history, or this was the truth about our community. And Mm. just seeing different things like, um, when it came to slavery, white women didn't breastfeed their own kids they had like a a slave that was also breastfeeding their kid to breastfeed the other kids Mm -hmm. and it's like wow that's crazy or you know just learning the different things like the ice cream truck song what it originated from yep i'm like nigga want a watermelon yep that's that's the song people people do their research man yeah it's a lot you tapped in you know yeah yeah no i i'm woke now yeah i would say when you come from a community where you're the only person like you and everybody's so nice to you that you're yeah. almost like they my friends like i love my community and yeah. i don't see an issue with caucasians right um they they care for me i care for them what's the problem kind of thing and then you get older and you start realizing oh wait like there are issues yeah going on now i i fully understand where some of my counterparts who are Caucasian are coming from when they say at their big age, they don't know what racism is (laughs) and they don't know what's going on. And it's Uh. like, well, I was able to be sheltered in this pocket for like elementary school for a little bit. And then when I go home outside of public school, my parents are teaching me, of course. But when you go home, your parents are not. So how long is is that system going to happen for you where you're not getting exposed to truth and you're just constantly thinking you know, this is the way of life. Mm-hmm. And then you're wondering like, why is there only one black family in our neighborhood? Yeah. Okay. Let's take it back then. Like, were we able and allowed to even move into that neighborhood? Like, mm-hmm. could we get a loan? Could we get life insurance? Like what was going on? Were we being hindered? Was the bank literally telling us no? Yeah. Or is it just like, Oh yeah, that's that one black family. Why is it just that mm-hmm. one black family? Exactly. Though? Why isn't it more than one? So yeah. Do you know who Ryan Coogler is? Name is so familiar. Ryan Coogler, he he directed Fruitvale Station, Creed, Black Panther. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he has a new movie coming out called Judas and the Black Messiah. Um okay. it's with David Coulier, I think his last I think that's his last name. Um he the one who's in Get Out, the black guy in Get Out, the main okay. character. Um he plays Fred Hampton from the Black Panthers. And so it um Basically, uh, when we talked, we talked about how Martin Luther King was praised and uh, Malcolm X was like he was a radical. And this movie is literally going to outline like Fred Hampton and like how he how he ended up, you know, passing away because he wanted to move the black movement. They was just like he's horrible, like he's trying to, you know, present racism and all. Like it's it's crazy how mm-hmm. they do people who's you know prog- like super super progressive. Um, yeah. It's, it, but. It, of course, like, yo, we're some some people are just tired of doing it the nice way. Like, yo, like, we're going to 
fight for this, you know? Like, we asked, it's like Tupac's interview. He's like, we asked nicely. Like, we were knocking yeah. on the door. <laughs> we asked so nicely. Yeah. Now we're, now we're banging. Now we're demanding. Yeah. Like, we're tired. Yeah, exactly. And now you mad at us because we're banging on the door. It was like, well, we tried for years being nice, you know? Now, you know what I'm saying? You got to deal with it. And, man, that's, that's great. So, this has been a year of growth for you. Um, 24. Yes. You have a lot going on and a lot going for you. So what what do you have next that you really want to see? You know, of course, for the rest of this year and like for the mm-hmm. years to come, what do you want to see yourself? That's a loaded question. <laughs> but what I would like to see is growth in all avenues. So the different avenues, we touched a little bit. I have the YouTube channel. Yeah. Um, we touched a little bit that we work together. Mm-hmm. Um, this month, I recently got promoted, so I'm excited about that. Yes, thank God for that. Shout you out know, to you. Yes, we sir. We thank God for promotions during COVID. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> because that, yeah, that, is sure. Not, that is not an easy thing. So I'm very thankful. Like, everything, I give it to God. But also, yeah. um, I have... A business EO and Co, which is a dual image consulting as well mm. as a boutique. Mm-hmm. And next month, November, literally around the corner, yep. I'll be launching um, a collection. And the title of that collection is The Empowered Era. So that's yes. kind of like the that's loop behind right the there. IG lives yeah. and all that stuff. I'm really excited about it. Um, it's really dope. Like it's, I I'm really excited. I've been working on this since april but really i've been working on it since 2018 when i started the hashtag yeah because the same concept like the illustrations that um were a part of that social media challenge and um international women's day are all resurfaced yeah with like a twist okay they're brought into like wearable clothing and like home decor and things like that so there's like t-shirts hoodies pop sockets iPhone cases, canvases, prints, mugs. Oh and yeah, I'm gonna support it's, it's that. It's like for a sure. whole line. I'm gonna support that for Thank sure. You. One thing I I will support. I'm rocking my boy DJ Sammy B. We love right to now. see it. Yeah, I definitely support. Like Thank for you. sure. And I I want I want to get on the episode if if you have a spot for me on your yes. IG live. I would definitely love to be a part of that. Um, do you know what part of the show this is? What part of the show this is? Like the part of the, part of the show. This no, is. put me on. <laughs> this is the nice picks. First of all, thank you for coming. Thank you for coming doing the interview for sure. Thank you but, for having me. Yeah, no problem at all. This is the part of the show where I will ask my guests three random off the wall questions. Okay, and after each question, I'm going to ask them why. Okay. But for each question, you have five seconds to answer. Cool. Okay. I'm nervous now. <laughs> <laughs> For the first question, would you rather run at 100 miles per hour or fly at 10 miles an hour? Fly at 10 miles per hour. <laughs> Damn, that was two seconds. Why would you rather fly at 10 miles an hour? I ran track and that is tiring. <laughs> I think I think it's cool to, to pick up pace, but it is tiring. I think... Um, Actually, that's a hard one. Run at 100 I, I, miles an hour? Run at 100 miles per hour. Did, you didn't mention, like, does the person get tired? Do we give out? Like, or is it our rules? I mean, I think it's kind of, I think it's subjective. I mean, that was. If if I don't <laughs> get tired on either or, then I would like to run at a 100 miles an hour. I would like, like to shift to How the many run. races you'd win? You'd be, you'd be like the fast I, person I in the world. I would kill it. You'd be so famous. I would be. 100 miles an hour? You no, know, the thing is. 
I would choose the run. The only reason I said fly is because I was trying to think like realistically, <laughs> but like realistically, both are not a thing. <laughs> so no rules apply. For me, I think I would fly because I think I'm kind of fast now running. So I think flying at 10 miles an hour would just be dope. Like think about just like being able to just take be off. Lifted. Like even though it's 10 miles an hour, I feel like that's dope. I asked Bryce this question before you got here mm-hmm. and he said he would fly too because like uh, get some great shots. You know what I'm saying? Just okay, get yeah, some yeah. stuff. I think it's cool to be up there, but if we can move, we can move yeah <laughs> yeah bet question number two would you rather be able to see 10 minutes into your own future or 10 minutes into the future of anybody else but yourself 10 minutes into my own future <laughs> that was That's so easy. quick do you want to ask 10 minutes to your own future yeah i feel like that would scare me though i would that always would, know no, what's that happening would scare me but knowing that i had the option to see it and i didn't Ooh, I'm what, such a, I'm an overthinker. Would, but like, but why would you not like use it all the time though? If I mm. could always see the future, like I'd always want to know what's happening. There would be no like fun in life. Like I think I'd always know like that what this to is expect. gonna come. Yeah. So okay, for me, one, I'm a really big overthinker. Two, yeah. <laughs> I have gotten to the point of life where like every time I talk to God. I'm always telling him, like, God, I just want your best. And I just want my will to align with your will. Like, let your will be done. So if I saw 10 minutes into my future and saw that what I saw was his will, whether it's good or bad, I know that this is what he had intended. Yeah. That would would pump me up. Because in my head, it's like, how far into the future are we talking? Are we talking into my 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s? Like, am I going to die early? And maybe that's why I saw only year 40, like Mm. things like that is what would make me question. Like, why did they only show me the end of my twenties when I asked for the future or, Oh, Whoa, they showed me when I was 90 and and maybe at 90, like you kind of just, you chilling at that point. It's not like you really just trying to do a lot. So it's like, okay, at least at that point, I would know, like, within that 10-minute clip, did I see grandkids? Like, how many? And, like, yeah. am I married? Am I a widow? Like, yeah. what happened? Where do I live? How many homes? Like, yeah. <laughs> so, I think, though, I'm just so, like, I want to see into the future. Yeah. I would definitely choose my own. Me, like, I I, I, I would definitely see 10 minutes of somebody else's future. Really? Who is Man, that somebody else? It can be... I've. It's, it says the question is anyone but okay. yourself. So it's like I'll be able to see anything like that anybody else like is going to do like um, where they're going to like it, it just be would anything. You, would you choose someone you knew like someone very close to you? For sure. Yeah. I don't think I'd just see random people. Like, Who would you choose? I'd probably choose. Hmm. If I could choose anybody, it would probably be my girlfriend to see if she's going to get pissed off at me in 10 minutes uh, or probably jimmy jimmy always raises a lot of questions for me like why did you just do that like it, it, it's kind of just like what was your mindset thing and i, mm-hmm. I think i always want to know what he's doing Tim. like okay. he knew we we're doing this interview yeah but he decides to facetime it's just like if, if i would have known 10 minutes ago but like, before that happened i was yeah. like dude don't facetime it's just stuff like yeah, that like okay. it's, it's definitely him for, yeah. for sure like yeah, yeah. I, I don't understand <laughs> but uh that's my boy but definitely because i think i like the element of surprise i love the element of surprise i, I love, love that it. too but i'm i'm really bad at being surprised i love being surprised when people surprise me i don't know how it like <laughs> it it doesn't really actually i learned from the first experience 
that I need to like really just let go. Yeah. First time my friend surprised me, I was supposed to be elated and very happy, and I I got very pissed, and then I cried. <laughs> it was like they were it's like, like Wait, a horrible surprise. What the heck? Like, yeah, it's like a horrible surprise. It was such a like. And I'm the type of person, they had to really make me believe that we were about to walk into like a drug deal or like it was, they had to make me believe that it was like on some off the wall scenario on my birthday. And I was like, why is this happening? Like they had to really tell Uh, me a story to get me so angry so that when I walked in, I wasn't thinking that this is happening (laughs) because y'all are trying to surprise me. I was like, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe this. Like what's on the other side of the store? Like, why are we here? Like, what's supposed yeah. to be that? And then they uh-huh. opened the door and I was just like, and I started crying. And they, right. were, they were like, wait, it wasn't even like a, oh my God. Like, it was like a, yo, she really crying. Yeah, like, like why, why, why did this happen? Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. Got you. But after that, I learned, you know, just let people surprise you. Hey, I love surprises. <laughs> the last and final question. Question number three. Would you rather live in a virtual reality where you are all powerful or live in the real world and be able to go anywhere but not be able to interact with anyone or anything? Virtual world's all powerful. Yeah, like, the, the, other one, the other one was like, you saw my face. I, you had me. And then I was like, not interact with anyone. Or anything. Or anything. You might as well stay in the virtual world. You might as well play Sims. <laughs> Like with Sims, you create this fantasy of what you wish life was. Yeah, and it's like you can't touch that, right? Oh, oh, you can't hop on that. Like, oh, you can't. And I would much rather be in a world where virtual yeah, world, like, virtual I'll, world, and it's like this is not the real world, but I'm literally in yeah, Sims. I was be instead of playing, laying on the couch, fat. Like just eating and just going right back to the uh the virtual world for sure. Man, Lizzie, it has been an honor for you to pull up. I really enjoyed our conversation. This has been fun. Yeah, where can the people find you? They can find me on my social media handles. Um, they can find me on Instagram, the Elizabethan era underscore. They can find me on Twitter, Lizzie No underscore McGuire. If you have a childhood and a sense of humor, then you get it. They can <laughs> yep. find me on YouTube, The Elizabethan Era. Um, yeah. And then they can find my website, www.elizabetho.co.com. Yeah. And please check into her IG lives. I'm telling you, they are super dope and super informative. Um, I promise. I I would never lead y'all the wrong way. And you can follow your dramatic host, DJ Trey Nice, at DJ T-R-E-Y-N-I-C-E-E on all social media platforms. This has been episode 14. Till next time, we out.